Hi, I'm James Dorsey. I'm a senior fellow in Singapore at the Middle East Institute and the Rajaratnam School of International Studies. And I've covered the Middle East for the last 40 years as both a journalist and a policy analyst. Hi, I'm Anel Sheline, Research Fellow at the Quincy Institute for Responsible Statecraft. James and I today will be talking about efforts by different countries to compete for the mantle of moderate Islam. And James, first, I'd love if you could explain what you mean when you talk about efforts to define the soul of Islam. It's essentially a what I call a battle for the soul of Islam. And it's a battle between primarily Middle Eastern states and the Indonesia-based uh, largest Muslim civil society movement in the world. And what it is about is what constitutes moderate Islam and how, how do you create moderate Islam, if you wish. What the Middle Eastern states are trying to do is essentially a top-down process. It's not a process that is anchored in, in, in religious law. It's a process that serves their economic and political needs. Whereas on the other side, you have a bottom-up process, a civil society, society moment that is doing this, and that is actually questioning theology and Islamic law and trying to alter it to uh, basically the issuance of religious opinions by respected religious scholars. You know, my focus tends to be just on the Middle East where you see efforts by countries like the UAE and Saudi Arabia to speak for so-called moderate Islam. And as you were saying, it is very much a top-down project and often is more about reinforcing the authority of the ruler and trying to delegitimize efforts by Islamist groups, for example, to push for greater political reform or democracy, because these countries or these leaders in these authoritarian Middle Eastern countries can portray Islamist groups as terrorists. And in the United States, for example, there's not a whole lot of nuanced understanding about the difference between an Islamist and a terrorist. Um, so I found it really fascinating to read some of your recent work about how that looks very different in Indonesia, where it's not, it's not really necessarily a state-led project to try to shore up religious authority for these uh, authoritarian rulers, but it is in fact an effort to, to change um, how Islam is defined. Um, could you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think the difference is this. What you're seeing, one is by the states in the Middle East, it's a question of projection of public affairs. So it's about, in many ways, it's about symbolism, the symbolism of interfaith dialogue. So talking to other religious groups, the symbolism of allowing women to drive in Saudi Arabia, for example, very fun, very sort of, fundamental, but still symbolic step, steps, although women driving is real without question. Uh, whereas, on, but it's not doing the hard work of tackling, and the, to be fair, this is true for all religions, uh, the hard work of tackling concepts that have historically existed, but in today's world, no longer are fitting. So in the case of Islam, it's the question of the infidel versus the believer. So with other words, the infidel is a lower person. It's the recognition of Jews and Christians, but in a secondary position to Jews. 
it's uh, to, uh, to to Muslims or the still legal concept, even though there is no Muslim state that practices it, of slavery. And so what the Indonesians are doing are actually doing, looking at the theology, looking at the, the religious jurisprudence and trying to deal with what they would call obsolete or outdated uh, legal concepts that need to be uh, changed, reformed, contextualized. That's really fascinating because, as, as you say, that's really not happening in the Middle East, whereas what we do see, especially in the United States, is this prioritization of, for example, the Abraham Accords that the UAE, because it normalized with Israel, is now seen as this bastion of moderate Islam, um, even though, as you were saying, they aren't necessarily getting to some of the fundamentals of, of really looking at Islamic theology and some of these questions. Um, but I don't think many Americans are even aware of what's going on um, from the NU and from Indonesia. I think one of the reasons is, in fact, just the difference that I was describing before. So with other words, for the Saudis, for the uh, Emiratis, it's important that the world knows that they're uh, pioneering moderate Islam. Uh, that's important to NU too, but it's not about the world knowing it. It's about doing it. And so what you're seeing with NU is real things happening on the ground, real things happening on the level of international politics, uh, but they go about it much more quietly because, yes, they do want to be known about it, but it, that is not the raison d'etre. That is not what is really driving what they're doing.